All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fuckineers, what the fucksters? Oh my God. What the fuck addicts? Hi, I'm Mark Marin. Welcome to the show. Hi. Nice to, nice to be here. Thank you for coming. If all goes well, when you hear this, it will be day six of no nicotine. And I don't know if... Uh, I, I know some of you have been through this before with me years ago, but this is not... I mean, I can't look at it as some sort of, you know, cycle. I can't look at it... Like, this happens, man. When you're hooked on shit and you get back into it, you got to get off the shit again. That's just the way it goes. But boy, I had forgotten what it's like to be this raw, man. I forgot what it's like to hang all your hopes and emotions and sense of well-being and thoughts of the future and the past and the present on some goddamn substance or two to sort of regulate and temper that shit and keep it corralled into a an area where it's manageable as, a, as opposed to a goddamn fucking break in the fence and everything's running around the past the possible future the present i'm not afraid of anything but everything do you understand that i fear nothing but all of it today on the show ian edwards is here ian edwards is here he's great i love this guy i love talking to him he's a great comic his uh his comedy album 100 percent half-assed is is out on Team Coco Records. We'll talk to uh, we'll talk to Ian in a minute. Do want to again mention that I will be at Largo here in Los Angeles on January eighth. Is that right? Yes, that's going to be a good show. I've never really played there solo, so yeah, that's happening. Saw an amazing guitar player with uh, I went and saw Chrissy Hind, who was great over at uh, Pantages. Is that what it's called? Yeah, she had an opening act like a folk duo called The Rails, a man and a woman. And then the dude came back and played guitar with Chrissy Hines, and he just fucking, he's an animal on that fucking guitar. I, I, and I believe Richard Thompson was sitting just a couple rows in front of me on the other side of the aisle, and I spent a lot of time staring at the side of Richard Thompson's head in between songs, just wondering what it feels like to be Richard Thompson's head. What a fucking amazing guitar player that guy is, songwriter. What else happened? She would stop in the middle of songs to yell at people on their phones. It was pretty beautiful. I mean, as you know from my conversation, she is not the most relaxed, you know, uh, zen person in the world. But she was, you know, just right in the middle of songs. Like, put the phone away. Put the fucking phone away. It was pretty good. It's pretty punk rock. It was good. I respected it. I, I cleaned my, my washing machine because I got angry at it. So I went online. I learned how to clean a washing machine. Why not get a new washing machine, Mark? Why not get one? I bought these fucking things used in 2002. Why don't I just buy... What is fucking wrong with me? Because I'm so afraid I'm going to choose the wrong thing of a thing and I'm going to be stuck with it and then I'm going to be the guy that got fucked by the thing because he didn't know what thing to get. That's the fucking story of my life. I'm going to buy a thing. Why didn't you get that thing? I didn't know that was a thing to get. And then I feel like an asshole, like a sucker, like a dupe. So I don't buy nothing. I'm watching my house fall apart. Fucking 14-year-old, 15-year-old washer and dryer that I just cleaned. It's disgusting. I just got to pull the trigger, man. Just got to buy some shit. But I cleaned it. I put bleach in it. Then I put vinegar in it. Followed someone's instructions. I don't know if they're a professional. What do we just fucking just look online? 
How do I clean a washing machine? Oh, I guess this lady knows what she's doing. Get some hydrochloric acid. That sounds reasonable. Where do I get that? The fucking goddamn content heap. It's what we do, folks. This is my contribution to the great content heap. I'm glad you guys listen. I'm glad you guys, as you were looking for treasure at the great global cultural landfill that is the internet, the big media dump, you've picked me up and said, this this looks like a good find. Thank you. Thank you for that. Guess things are getting a little more serious with the woman I'm dating. Went and had the full STD panel. That's a sure sign of commitment, a bit of commitment. I will do that for you. I will go get the full STD panel. Even with the long shot stuff. It's always scary, man. It's always that thing. No matter, you know, a year between them, year, year and a half between them, you're like, oh, man. That one might not have been the best idea. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know who called me? Chris Rock called me. His movie Top 5 opens in theaters this Friday, December 12th. I enjoyed the movie. There's some funny shit in it. And Chris said, do you want to talk about the movie? I said, yeah, let's talk about the movie, Chris. You're Chris Rock. So let's talk to Chris Rock about his movie. Chris Rock. Oh, Mark. So, man, I watched a movie last night. With people or not? No, I sat there with myself in front of my computer with my sad dinner at my dining room oh, table, fuck. and I watched the whole... What do you mean, fuck? I, I enjoyed the movie, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's just such a different experience with people, but... Well, you know, it's for me, it was like I was with everybody I knew. I could not believe the number of comedians. It was like, find the comic I know. Like, it was like a, some sort of game. It was like, I, I couldn't even believe how many comics you fit into one movie. I know, even Rachel Feinstein's got a, a line. <laughs> Rich Voss. Like, Rich Voss walking into the cellar. You going on? Yes, Rich Voss. You walk by Dan Natterman in the hallway. Exactly. It's crazy. So Exactly. Well, look, the, the bottom line is, man, I think this is the best movie you've made. I really do. Thank you. And I, you know, I, I felt that it was personal. I felt there was a lot of stuff. And from your experience, it was interesting. I had no idea, man, uh, you know, what I was about to see. You know, and as a guy who's a sober guy, when all of a sudden you're a sober guy, I'm like, all right, let's see how he handles this. You know, <laughs> and, and I think, he, <laughs> you know, let's see if he did this justice. But I thought it was great, man. I really thought it was uh, it was I because you are not that guy. I am not that guy. It's, you know, you know, it's weird, though. What? My success has come playing that guy. I'm like New Jack City. I'm really good in it. I don't know if you saw the motherfucker with the hat on Broadway. It's it's kind of the same role. So whenever I'm kind of have a drug problem, it'll, <laughs> something. That that so New so New Jack City was your bottom, your fictional bottom. That yeah, it's so weird <laughs> that drugs have been good to me. No, I thought it was, I really thought that the the relationship was great. And and I just thought, like, I was astounded with Cedric. I mean, what a, what a role that was, man. I mean, amazing. He really is amazing. Yeah. See, it's the thing about comedians. I I think Sandler Stiller said this to me a long time ago. It's like, you can't do comedy with strangers. You got to like work with your friends because you know what's funnier about them. Exactly. And. 
I kind of, I knew Cedric had that in him. You know, when I was casting it and all that stuff, a lot of people are like, oh, he's so cuddly and he's this. And I'm like, no, Cedric is fucking buck wild. Yeah, 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 he is, man. And as a comic, you know, that guy is, you know, you know that guy. (laughs) You know, like like if you do comedy and, you know, you get off a plane, you're like, oh, I know one of those guys. It, It doesn't matter. It's, There's about three in every city. Oh yeah, man, and it, it, and I just thought it was astounding, and I just thought the way you framed it, uh, you know, with Rosaria Dawson, you know, how that relationship started to unfold, and I didn't see that twist coming, and I ain't gonna spoil anything for anybody, but I mean, you and I have had conversations, you know, whether you're planning on getting married or you are married, you know, those things that even though this was slightly amplified, the relationship that you had with your wife, uh, that feeling of like, am I doing the right thing, is a real thing, man. It is a real thing, and the the sad thing, guys aren't allowed to question it. Only women are. Right, publicly, or or, or else, you, you know, everyone, when you're a guy, everyone's like, just, you know, it happens to everybody, just do it, just go through with it. Guys are supposed to be happy with whatever women they can get. <laughs> <laughs> Only women are allowed to question, is he Mr. Right? Right, you got one, shut up. Yeah. Shut up, a woman likes you. You fucking bummed. Yeah. You feel great that any woman would touch you. Oh, you're disgusting. <laughs> but uh, so you wrote it all and you shot it all. How long did, how long did it take you to shoot? Uh, about, uh, I think, what, 35 days? You know, little, small budget. Uh, but I kind of knew what I wanted. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm working in a world I knew, working with people I knew. You know, yeah. I didn't hesitate to call up, you know, Another thing with this movie, I, I kind of treated it like a stand-up set, in a sense. Uh-huh. So, you know, I had a cut. I was like, hey, Louie, watch this cut. <laughs> Did he do it for you? Yeah. Look, give me some notes. Hey, Apatow, what do you think? Like, I just tre- I treated it like... Like I was working on a set. Oh, that's great, man. And, and what kind of feedback did those guys give you? What did Louie yeah, say? They gave me great feedback. They, they Especially Louie. Louie's about getting rid of the dumb shit. It's like, okay, don't fall in love with these jokes. You got to fucking get this story out. You got to establish the drama between you guys. Right. I mean, L- Louie was great. Right. I got to say. And then Judd was about putting some of the dumb shit back in? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Did you show it to anybody else? Did you show it to Sandler or Stiller or anybody? Sandler, Sandler thought, oh, yeah, Stiller, Stiller, Stiller was like my Scott Rudin whisperer. Like every time I have a problem with Scott, I call Stiller. How do you, how do you deal with this guy? Yeah, yeah. He was good with that. Yeah. And he had great notes too. Stiller, Stiller really knows how to make a, a pop movie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like he got that shit. He's like Coldplay. Yeah, that yeah, shit. yeah, like, yeah. You know, like yeah. he's that motherfucker. I don't know how to make hits like Burt Bacharach or something. Right, right. So like, he was like, maybe you should let that emotional moment sit for a couple more seconds. Yeah, yeah. Ben Stiller really, really knows his shit, man. But I was surprised. Ben Stiller that, tells you to cut something, cut yeah. it. Oh, really? He's the guy? Yeah. He, well, I was surprised. Like, uh, it was great seeing uh, Leslie Jones. I mean, she's. Oh, yeah, isn't she great? She really is just on fire on screen, man. I mean, she's got such a vitality. It's so raw, dude. It's amazing. Uh, and, she's every director I showed the movie to. The first person they go, they go, "Who's that woman? Who's the black woman in the project?" Like, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Judd immediately put her in his movie. Did he? The one in New yeah, York. Me, so she's in the um, the Schumer movie. 
listen to Amy Schumer movie. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, she's great. She's uh, she yeah, is just. Yeah, Judd watched it in the cutting room and like literally like okay. Yeah, I gotta get a part for this woman. I'm so glad that things are going so well uh, for her. She's a good person. That's great, the, great person. She's as as she's one of the few that's as good a person as she is funny. She's just. Yeah, she's a good person, and she paid some serious Cat Williams dues. Anybody deserves success yeah, for putting she up with that. Paid some dues. She got some stories for your ass. That's it. No, no doubt. And I and I'm not gonna. I don't want. It's it's funny because well, I don't want to mention who people are because for me watching the movie, you know, you have that moment where these there are these story points, and and it, and I'm sitting there like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, and then it's like, oh my god, that's Ben Vereen. Where do you, I haven't seen that guy? <laughs> you know. So it was really a good time to see you moving through that world. What made you decide, though, like, uh, and also the, the clips from the, the, the Slave movie are just, too, even though they're like three seconds long, it's just fucking hilarious, man. Ah, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> you know? Uh, and that night you had with Cedric in that hotel room, that was good. I didn't, that, I didn't see the, 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 the spin on that. I didn't see what was going to happen with that. That was pretty great. That's you, what happens in that, though. I, that kind of <laughs> happened to me, a version of it anyway. But, you know, you, you went out of your way to show the mess, which I, you know, for a second I was like, oh, yeah, you had to show that? Okay. All Dude, right. yeah. when you're in a theater and that scene uh-huh. comes, you, I'm just telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Is that one of those laughs where people laugh with their feet? Uh-huh, yeah. When people are, <laughs> you know, can't hold, the, they can't control themselves? They literally can't control themselves. And I, like, I, oh, shit. Are you seeing, have you watched it with, like, a, a, like all black audience? All black, all white. You know, when you deal with studios, man, they test it like, okay, Asian women over 30. You know, right. They go... But I mean, you know, I mean, not to be not to be hackneyed, but I mean, what was the reaction uh, from an all black audience? I mean, all black audience, you literally can't hear it. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Um, kind of can't hear half the movie. uh The white audience loves it, too, but you you can't hear it. They're all black audience. It's just too much. It was good to see Artie. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, you had Artie and Tracy in there before the accident. Yeah, are they, yeah. Are they both doing all right? Um, you know that. You know, hey, I talked to Artie about a month ago. I talked to Tracy a couple. We actually showed Tracy the movie. Yeah. Uh, that you know, it's it's got the 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 nurse comes and does physical therapy every day. Right, long haul. It's you know. You're not going to be bumping into them at the store at the store anytime soon, but yeah, you know they'll eventually recover. But that was a really bad accident. Man. I know, man. You know, and it's just like you know, one thing after the after another. I'm glad they're both alive. Uh, you know, like, it's fucked up. I'll say this on your. We only the only guy that got cut, and it's only because the scene didn't quite work was uh, Stanhope. I'm fucking mad. Oh like, really? I wanted Stanhope in there so bad. What did Stanhope play? Stanhope played a kid. It was like this cutaway yeah. where I talk about um, being bused to school mm-hmm. and kids calling me nigger every day. And then we cut to Stanhope, who's a cop. Yeah, we called him nigger. <laughs> we called every day. <laughs> Matter of fact, that was his name. I don't even know who you're talking about. You mean nigger in third grade? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Who else did I see in there? Brian Regan was great. I know what, like, you know, like, I see him on screen and I just want to laugh already. You know what I mean? I'm like, whenever I see Brian Regan, I'm like, oh, it's coming. Something, something's good. Uh, yeah, when I watch him on Letterman, it's always, I'm always laughing before you even get to the joke. I'm just like. Exactly. It's just the buildup because you know it's going to pay off. 
You know, I I saw I went. He did a show like in my neighborhood, like Inglewood, yeah. New Jersey. Like he did. I don't live in Inglewood, but he did a show in Inglewood, and I just like just walked in the theater and watched him from the side of the stage. And when I when he got off stage, he's looking at me like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> well, he's what the fuck are you doing here? What's well, funny? He's. One, I don't even. I barely knew the guy. Well, he's one of those guys yeah. that comics. You know, back way back when I was in New York and at the old Improv before it closed up. When Bill Hicks was in the city for maybe a year, like Hicks would go out of his way to go in and watch Brian Regan. He's just one of those guys that's just steady, man. He's always going to get a laugh, man. He always, yeah. He's he would actually right now he's the heir to the Rich Jenny throne of like yeah. yep. funniest guy that the world doesn't quite know about. Right, like, right. But enough people like, know he does all right. Uh, Yo, know, he does fine. I'm just saying, like, he's he's one of those guys that no comedian in the world says, yeah, I want to follow Brian Regan. No, that's oh, for, that's for I sure. I don't want any part for that fight. <laughs> you don't know. Well, you know what's great also about the, uh, about the character and about the movie is that I think it's close enough to your life, obviously, outside of, uh, you know, the, the, you know, the drug problem and, and the, you know, I don't know, you know, framing the, the sort of like the way you made your millions was this horrendous series of movies. Uh, <laughs> but I, and obviously the, your, your real life character is, uh, is, is, is deeper, but it, it enabled you to sort of talk as Chris Rock. Like, you know, when you were on the train talking about prior, talking about Murphy, talking about Cosby, there was a, there was a, you know, you could tell that it's like, well, that's a conversation Chris has had, you know, that shit. Yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. We just kept it rolling. Honestly, it was yeah. just me and Rosario having a conversation. And I tell you honestly, Chris, I'm you know I'm thrilled that you you know you made a personal movie that that really nails who you are and and what it is to to be in that kind of fame and also just the, the respect you give comics. I'm I'm happy to be happy for you, man. Thanks, man. You did a good job, and I wish you the best of luck with it. Thanks for talking to me. Well, th- thank you. I'm glad I didn't have. Have you, you know, put you in a position where you had to not talk bad about a shitty movie? You didn't, and I'm happy too, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with it, man. Uh, Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Ian Edwards has been on the show. I've known him a long time. I've known him since he started, basically, you know, back in New York when he's he's a a little guy with dreads. (laughs) Yeah, but um, I do want to play this clip for you. It's not that I'm proud of it, but it happened. All right. This is uh, Ian Edwards. This is from episode 69 of WTF. It was from 2010, recorded at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon. And it's horrible. I am horrible. Listen. You have family in Jamaica still? Yeah. And did you go back there? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. I got family there. I haven't seen them in a minute, though. Oh, okay. If I go back to Jamaica, I'll be good going back to the tourist spots. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do the white people thing and go, you know, just enjoy the island. <laughs> I, I, just, I just didn't want you to get off stage going, talk about Katrina, but not uh, what happened in my country. Okay. But, but, you know, he just fucked up. That's Haiti. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, I really fucked up. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I think that's, uh, that would be that, that white guilt do you, again. Do you, have, do you have family in that black island of yours? I do. Yeah. I do. I mean, they're all the same. Same black island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wait, Jesus, Mark. Jesus, Ian. I, I Sorry, apologize. Man. Sorry. 
It's all right. I don't think I'm going to recover from this one. <laughs> like, I knew it was Haiti, but for some reason I decided it was Jamaica. And I thought, this is really going to save me and Ian on the race thing. Like, you know, I, I'm listening. To, I'm listening to Sean. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take this moment and really put out an olive branch and make this work. So, Ian, your Jamaica was devastated. Have you heard? You see what phony concern gets you? No. Phony. <laughs> Don't give, don't give a fuck about Haiti. You know what I'm, I'm sitting here doing? I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, this is my show, but it's a live one, and there's no fucking way I can cut out that mistake. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, like, I really thought, like, that I was going to walk out of this show thinking, like, that went great. Yeah. And now I'm going to be thinking, like, I'm a fucking idiot. And, and... But I, I, I didn't send money to Haiti either. I did a, a couple... Um, you, you sure you didn't send it to Panama or some other island? Like, no, I... How sure are you that you sent it to Haiti? The, the, the weird thing is, I, I sent address it to you, but I must not Mark have had the Marin, right address. From Mark Marin to Black Island. <laughs> in the mail. Uh, oh, I did my part. It's just, oh. just going put to put, put the money in a bottle and shoved it in the ocean. Sail into the Caribbean. Oh, it's gonna help somebody. Poor black Anyways, could, if you do have time, please send money to Jamaica. And they're not gonna know why, but just do it because I told you to. If you listen to WTF, please make your checks to Jamaica. Just, just fill it out to the black people of Jamaica and just send it there. Just send it there. Just send it to Jamaica, Jamaica. Please. Yeah, yeah, I can, I have to own that. I have to own it. I could have cut that out, but there's, I'm in the name of transparency. All right, all right. Let's go now to uh, to me and Ian Edwards uh, talking in the garage. I love this guy. You're pretty fucking busy. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be busy. Yeah. Yeah. Weren't you right in there though? Over at uh, what? Two broke girls. Yeah, but I switched. I switched over to a uh, blackish. What's that? That's a new sitcom on ABC. What's it called? Blackish. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they what, did they seek you out? <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> we need. We're gonna need a specialist in blackish. Yeah. What the hell's the angle on that one? Uh, it's a Anthony Anderson sitcom, and it's a a, a friend of mine. His name is Kenya Barris. So he's an EP. Uh huh. So he's like, and it's, and it's basically about a, a guy. It's a family show, but it's a, I like the angle on it. It's like, a, it's Archie Bunker S, the main character. Uh-huh. And the way he pulls off is just done so that you could like him. And yeah. He's, and he's he's a black guy who grew up around like my time. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, the world was one way before Obama got elected. Right. And now it's a different way. And uh-huh. you, you have to accept those changes. Plus your kids grew up completely different in this upper middle class you're raising them in an upper middle class neighborhood Uh uh-huh and they have all white friends right and they might not be black enough for you 
Your kids. Your kids, because you grew up in the hood. <laughs> you've, you've had to adjust to mm-hmm. this new sort of post-racial idea, right. whether it's a reality or not, who right. really knows. Exactly. Right. So, And then your kids, they don't, they, they don't even ask the question. Yeah, they don't even ask the question. Right. So right. it's like oh, that's dealing interesting. with that. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah. Is, is that a real thing in the... Now, I'm not going to put you in the position no, no. to like speak for the black community. Does it, in, in your people's lives... <laughs> <laughs> in your people's lives. <laughs> How does that play That's a out? funny way to make it worse. <laughs> in your people's lives. I've made it worse with you before. I don't think I can top the Haiti comment. <laughs> the Haiti. <laughs> that was one of the best moments ever oh. in my life. It's hilarious. They're like, well, you're, do you have uh, people down there? It's like, you're like, At least you were concerned. I was, and you're like, oh, you think I'm from Haiti? Yeah. It's all those islands. Uh, but there's a lot of like back thing where Haitian people and Jamaican people think they're both better than each other. Oh, is that and, true? Yeah, and then nobody would want to be claimed or have the other country put on them. Oh, so that was so. So, so then that comes out like ah. So that was the personal backstory yeah, that I didn't even know yeah, about. Yeah. Like it's it's an insult to to think <laughs> one is the other. It wasn't just racist on my ignorance yeah, yeah. of where it happened. It had, it had a yeah, it had a lot less to do with racism than that. No, nah, fuck Haitians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't hang that on me. Yeah, but did you were were you born in Jamaica? Uh, no, I was born in England. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How'd that happen? Uh, my parents, you know, they had sex there. And yeah, and they, they, they wrote it out. And they wrote it out. <laughs> <laughs> what what, what, how were they in England? I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I need to know how, how uh, black people get around the world. How black people, well, it's because of white people. Yeah, like, usually. It's usually. It's like uh, <laughs> colonialism in reverse. There was but, a period when that happened. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause like, Jamaica, uh, we're sorry, come back? Yeah, yeah. like, it, as a matter of fact, we had a few wars. We lost a few people. Yeah. We, we got some jobs because there's a lot of <laughs> dead people that's not there to fill them. <laughs> so we used to run your country, come yeah. over. Yeah. And, uh, we'll give you a deal. And we'll give you a deal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll give you some work. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And that is, it was your parents, your dad's the first generation to go to England, or you got grandparents there too? No, nah, first generation, yeah. What was he doing over there? Uh, he was like an electrician, uh-huh. and he was good with like electronics and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, he used to work for the phone company, and I think do their lines and anything electrical and stuff like that. How long did you stay in England? Uh, I stayed until I was like nine years old. Oh, really? So you have memories of it? Yeah, I got memories of it. Did yeah. you... It's funny. Like every time I tell somebody I've been there since I was nine, they're like, "You have memories of it," because yeah. they they expected me to to have been there and then just bounced immediately. Right, just, right. We're just there for the passport. <laughs> then we get out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's like you know, some people are like, oh, "I left when I was three, and you can't really hang it on." Right, right. But uh, but like nine, I mean, I I just can't. I don't. I've been to England a few times. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to put it, frame it in my head. Right. Do you, what What are your memories of it? Anything? Uh, memories of it is like you know, I had family, like yeah. cousins. Yeah. Did you speak with an English older, accent? Had the accent. Did had you? The whole nine. You did soccer. Yeah. Went to school there. Had friends. My, <laughs> it was the first set of friends that it were ever ripped apart yeah. or ripped uh, from me. Yeah. Bad. Bad. Yeah. And they, and they were all British friends. They're all British friends. Little British friends. Yeah. I had. I was a group of three best friends. I was a black one. There was an Indian one, Harry, and then Greg was the white one. Oh, really? And we used to hang, yeah. There's a lot of Indians in uh, in Britain. Uh, because the same thing, like- Colonialism, you know, in, colonialism in reverse. Colonialism in yeah. reverse, yeah. Hey, we owe you a little something. How about a job? Yeah, yeah. Come that, on in. All that stuff we did to you. Listen, <laughs> just come over, get some jobs, <laughs> fill in the places of these dead white people. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and oh yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry. sorry. I hope yeah. this makes it up yeah. for whoever you might have lost in your family. Yeah. So wh- where did you go when you were nine? Uh, we went to Jamaica. And then you grew, and then most of the you grew up there. Yeah, and I grew up there till I was like seventeen years old. Yeah. Yeah, went to so, high school there and everything. All right, so one, you may, you might have to set me straight on the Jamaica thing. Like how? Look, because I don't fucking know anything about it. Oh. I mean, I know like all right, like uh, you know, I I know there's pot, there's weed down there, <laughs> and there's a. Uh, <laughs> There's a few hairstyles and a few seems, hairstyles. And there's you mean dreadlocks. Yeah, it seems to <laughs> it it seems to have infused uh, culturally infused itself into uh, the more hippieish elements right. of uh, of my uh, of my past. Right, right, right. But I, but I you know, I also know uh, here's what I know. I, I don't know the political element of it. I know that it's it's uh, it, there's a lot of poverty, uh, mm-hmm. but I know that people enjoy vacationing there. <laughs> yeah, people love. <laughs> Again, it's like white people love vacationing where other people are suffering. Yeah, as long as they don't see it. As long as they don't see it, yeah. As yeah. long as they just drive yeah. by it and they go like, we don't really go yeah. over there. Or just anybody rich, you yeah. know, because I'd go back to Jamaica and vacation and just go to the tourist spots. You would? Cause, yeah, because I never, I never really did it when I was a kid. You don't do it when you're a kid. Yeah, you don't. I just lived on the island. Right. And I never really ran across tourists. Oh, you didn't? Nah. My, if you went to Dunn's River... I don't know what that like is. A, it's like a it's a tourist spot. Like it's a big waterfall. Oh yeah. And I climbed it when I was a kid, and yeah. I went back more than ten years ago as an adult. Yeah. And they said let's climb it, and I started slipping on the rocks. I said, "How the fuck did I climb this shit? When I, this is dangerous. What are you people doing?" And I just stayed at the bottom and let everybody climb. I was like, "How is this a vacation idea? Yeah, how is it, this is dangerous? Like, how do we do this?" But what was what, what are you, because I remember when I first met you. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I don't even know how old we were. What were you, like 20, 22? Yeah, yeah, I was young, yeah. And you were just at, like, you were full on uh, dreadlocks. Right, right. Do, and, and really working the angle. Yeah, working the angle. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's my, it was my first way in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm to this a, guy. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was my first solid five minute set that worked right that i found but that but you but you did grow up in that in, yeah, in yeah. that world. So, what, I mean, in, in Jamaica, what was the, the why'd your dad go back? Oh, why'd he come here? To, no, to, oh, no go, why'd he go oh, back go to Jamaica back? after England? Because it was beautiful. They they missed it. They had a great childhood. Right. And they had some money that they saved. Mm-hmm. And they figured they could just go back there. Like, you you never know how old your parents are. Yeah. You know, but they weren't old. I think they had a too early retirement plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, they had to have been like maybe just 40, maybe. Right. When we were moving back. But to us as kids, they looked older. So, all right, this seems like They're a done. good move. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that, like, also, like, the type of life that they might have grown up with is not, they didn't think in the same way right. of, like, what, are we going to work our life, whole life till we're 65 right. to then move? Like, maybe they were like, well, we got enough saved, and, and they knew what life was like there. Right. Maybe they could see a good life. Right. And, and it, it worked out. And, and they, they moved back, and they got a job. Like, my father got a job because he had the degrees and stuff, so he yeah. had a good job. But yeah. then and then stuff started, but then life happens, and yeah. then that job doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> You know, it's gone and stuff is gone. Yeah, but what I mean, but like there was, it was difficult at, at times during. Uh, you know, there was upheaval in Jamaica. I mean, do you remember that? Yeah, show? I remember that. I remember just like so. You're coming from a country where in England they just have an election, right? 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 To the point where you're a kid, you don't even know there's an election. You just see a new, yeah, yeah. a new prime minister. And there's some newspapers. Cool. There's yeah, some newspapers. Yeah, there's yeah. some stuff. I'm watching cartoons. Get that out of my face. <laughs> right. And then you go to a country where. 
the election is serious, <laughs> like deadly serious, and, yeah. and that's literal. Yeah, where yeah. where people are getting who, gunned down. Yeah, like who you voting for? <laughs> JLP, pat 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 pat. <laughs> who you voting for? PMP, pat 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 pat. Like yeah yeah. But if if you survive these gunshots when you come out the coma, you are now yeah. on the PMP side. Yeah, you, you'll make the right decision. Yeah, you're gonna make. We the have right faith decision. in your ability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I remember, I had this stupid joke about uh, and it was based on truth where. You know, you walk down the street and you get a bunch of strangers come on you. Yeah. And then, like, they ask your friend, who you voting for? Yeah. And he says, he says something, and then they shoot him. Yeah. And then they turn to you, who you voting for? And you're like, what did yeah. he say? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, there's, that's like a classic joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a, a kind of a true... That that was life. What was it? What was the fucking? Because I, you know, that's one of those things. Like I don't know in my mind as, as somebody like I, I wasn't that politically astute, but it seemed like Haitian politics mm-hmm. took like they, we all knew about that <laughs> shit. You know, Aristide, Doc, you know, Papa right, Doc, right. Baby Doc, and all, but I don't know what was going on in Jamaica. Right. What was going on over there? You it, know, it was it it was uh, so they the PMP is more considered socialist they were friends with cuba michael right. manley right was friends with the Q, you know right cuba so they were supposed to this is how the economy kind of fell apart this is what i remember so then they were supposed to get a loan from america right to to help with some things yeah to set the, the country PMP. Straight. yeah yeah the pmp yeah and then michael manley the pmp leader being a friend with the cuban government kind of pissed off the american government Fucked up the loan, and they fucked up the loan. It's like you're not, not approved. You're not getting yeah loan, not approved <laughs> unless you start fucking with these Cubans. Yeah, and and then that kind of set the country back. And then other things, you know, once you get set back, if you don't do, you just keep making the same type of mistakes. Right. Then then the value began began to devalue. Yeah. And then things just got you know bad bad. Yeah. Because there was a free for all. Yeah, There's the no support. Right. Right. Well, well there, there's always a president. There's always yeah. police. It's, it never goes Haiti in right. Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Haiti's like just from my perspective, <laughs> Haiti's haywire. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's always yeah. structure. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's and, just it's and, just money could have helped. And the tourist trade is big. Like right. it always has been, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm, you know, you're all of a sudden a representative of Jamaica now. I'm asking very specific questions. Yeah, I know. About... I haven't been there in a minute. Yeah. I, I went there for a funeral three years ago. <laughs> and that was the last time? Yeah, yeah, it was the last time. But you grew up there. So what was right. it What was it like growing up there? I mean, there wasn't no comedy, that's for sure. No, nah, there was not, There was like- Were you always a creative kid, though? I played soccer a lot. That's all I really wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you, I watched TV. Yeah. And uh, there was a- guy i think he's still alive called oliver who was like a, the like the national standard for comedy yeah and it's mostly like sketch comedy is right. really good in jamaica yeah in jamaica yeah was it broad kind of like broad a, humor yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but and, he was the guy but he was a guy yeah yeah and you liked him yeah i liked him yeah. he entertained everybody he was funny as shit but <laughs> yeah i never thought even when i came to america i never thought about comedy as an option but you were just playing soccer, though. Yeah, just playing. Like, you, there, there's no career in that necessarily. No, but that's here. There's no career, but in Jamaica, there's not a career, but the opportunity to be known all over the island. Right. 
And then there were some Jamaican. You could go also go back to England if you were good enough, right? And maybe get on a team there because it's a it's a huge global sport. Except here, especially back then. Are you been so then there's always those hopes and dreams, right? So yeah, so it, it was a yeah, it was a like a, a kid's dream to be a great soccer player, right? But uh, it's weird that it's not popular here. All right, this is how bad soccer is. Like nerds look at you like you're a nerd. Yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you like soccer and it's not the World Cup. It's, but it, it's sort of like our ignorance, though, as a right. country, like uh, mm-hmm. that we just can't lock into it. I don't know why we can't lock into it. Do you? Yeah, I figured it out. Like what? some people say, there's not enough scoring. Yeah, it has nothing to do with that because yeah. if football, like if the score is twenty-one to to ten in yeah. football. All they did was score three touchdowns, right? And multiplied them by seven. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. It's arbitrary. It, yeah. that thing. Why, why is it so, seven? So it's I don't not, know. It's not. Yeah. So it's not. It's arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it just makes like it was a better game than it <laughs> yeah. was. And I love American football. Yeah. The problem with soccer is that America didn't invent soccer, <laughs> and it's as simple as that. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's not our sport. It's, it's not your sport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You. 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 Yeah. You, like you're not gonna turn your back on the stuff that you invented to right. like some shit. Right. That you didn't invent. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. you, you got baseball. Sure. We got our things. You got your things. This is too much for us to handle. Yeah. It's like, hey, it's it's like we, cricket. Man, not, we don't. We don't, yeah. we don't take the time to understand it. Right. Because baseball. If you look at baseball, baseball, they say soccer's boring. There's no scoring, but. Listen, they they don't do shit in baseball. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Like the guys, some guys on the field get as are chilling as much as people in the stands. Yeah, yeah. It's and totally and the, the country loves the sport. Sure. It's and America's pastime. It's America's pastime. I don't so, know. So, so it's, it ain't the scoring. No, I like soccer. Seems exciting. I don't watch any sports, so I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you okay. know, uh, isolating soccer as a as as a bad thing. It looks mm-hmm. good. It looks fun. <laughs> people. There seems to be a lot of emotion on the field always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you can actually see people experiencing emotion. They're not wearing helmets and pads. <laughs> right, right. So it's yeah, that's, that's another thing about. It does mm-hmm. seem very human, you right. know what I mean. People are like in it, right? You know, and they're not, you know, covered with padding. <laughs> but uh, all right, so when? How old were you when you moved here? Seventeen. Did you move by yourself? No, nah, the family came. Oh my god, family so, came. Why they leave Jamaica this time? Uh, to come out of retirement. <laughs> it's a failed <laughs> retirement. <laughs> got to get back to work. <laughs> and how many brothers and sisters you got? I got uh, one brother. And two sisters. Oh, really? So yeah. four of you? Uh, who's the oldest? Uh, my brother's the oldest, then my older sister, then me, then my younger sister. Oh, wow. A boy, girl, boy, girl. Perfect. You all get along? Yeah, we all get along. And you all move up, up to the States? Yeah, like uh, we, they, four of them came first, left my, me and my younger sister for me to like graduate, like who, the last you, year of high school. You, who do you leave them with? They they left me with an aunt, my mother's sister. Oh, so yeah. it's just, and that was all right? Uh. It wasn't with me. Yeah. You know, I was like, hey. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. It's fine. Because I liked the neighborhood that I lived in in Jamaica, and we had to switch neighborhoods. Mm. And then my aunt had a shop. Yeah. And What kind I, of shop? Like like a grocery shop. Yeah. And then I had to work in the shop. Like, <laughs> that so, was part of the deal. So, that was a part of I, I don't even know what's part of the... Uh, did you just sell me to my aunt? <laughs> 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 I got to work for her in the shop. Uh, and I love my aunt. Yeah. And and they, they did... Obviously, they didn't sell me. But, yeah. like, I'm a kid. You didn't know that was negotiated. Yeah. Like, okay, he'll, he can live here if he works in the shop. <laughs> right, like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it wasn't even like that. It's just how it ended up being. Yeah. And I had to go with her on Saturdays to the market to get stuff to bring back to the shop. 
And when we're coming back, I'd pass my old neighborhood and like, those kids are fucking playing over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, and I own a grocery shop now. <laughs> I got to go to work. Yeah, you just saw your whole childhood go away. Yeah, yeah. With, you know, seeing the soccer ball being kicked yeah. around. Imagine passing your childhood every Saturday. Oh, oh. yeah, that's rough. So wait, so you had to go to market? So like it was fresh food? Yeah, all fresh food. See, yeah. that, see that's something that's different. Yeah. That was the way it that was the way it worked. That's just the way it was. It wasn't like let's put on a farmer's market. Right. It, it was the market. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So you guys had to go buy vegetables and all that shit. Yeah, and, and all make, that stuff. Yeah. And that's just the way. I, I love that. There's yeah. no trucks coming up with like, where are these tomatoes from? Right. You right. knew where they were from. They were all grown around yeah, there. Yeah. Some hills, some farms. People brought like them. What, and sold like what? Like what was mostly? Tell me some. I want to know some, uh, some exotic foods it's that just, you enjoyed in Jamaica. That's uh, what I'd like to talk about uh, right now. Well, yeah, like. Uh, Sour sop, sweet sop. These are all fruits. There's ackee. All fruits. There's ackee. So you yeah. just said there's all fruits and and said one. Well, I don't know and, what it is. And ackee is like the national dish. Uh huh. And it's like uh, I I don't even know how to describe ackee because it looks like eggs. Yeah. Is it, it one thing? You, you pick it off a tree. Okay. It's it comes in a shell. Okay. It's not ready to be eaten when the shell is closed okay then when, when the shell opens yeah it kills the poison <laughs> in the hack <laughs> yeah so that's very important part. to get it at that point we get it when it, the shell opens by itself not when you force it open or you're dead this is your last piece of hack <laughs> dangerous fruit <laughs> dangerous fruit oh my god is it, what does it look it looks like eggs it looks yellow. It's yellow. You got to scrape it out. Is it got a big seed in it? Uh, there's, it? There's a seed in it. There's a seed in the middle, and there's four yellow, I don't know how to describe them, things that clamp onto okay. the seed. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then there's a shell over it. Right. And the shell opens. Sections then, or a section. Yeah. Okay. And there's four sections that yeah. are clamped around the yeah. seed, and then you just pull the shell away. Yeah. Take out the seed, yeah. and boom, you got ackee. Yeah, and yeah. when you cut it up, you spice it up or anything? You just spice it up with in, what? A, in like, a frying pan. Oh, really? You fry it? Yeah, yeah. You could so, fry it, or you could boil it. So it's it's not or sweet? Or do we boil it and fry it? No, it's not sweet at all. Oh, my God. I don't know anything about that. Uh, do you, do I don't you, know if you'd like it, but I love it. Yeah. Do you miss it, or do you eat it here? Can you find it? Yeah, I can find it. They got Jamaican restaurants. like They're scattered, but I could find it. Oh, really? But they <laughs> sell it like it. They sell it like at caviar prices. <laughs> It's, it's bananas. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like you can get it for hardly nothing for down Jamaica. Yeah, and yeah. Now, like because they know you want it. Yeah. If you, yeah, they know. There's like, like ten of you that want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All the other Jamaicans are like, "Fuck that shit." Yeah. Why don't you eat like this stuff? It's I, cheaper. I used to pick it in my backyard. Yeah. Like now it's like twenty dollars a meal. <laughs> you here. Are you vegetarian? I'm vegan. Vegan. Oh, and was that always? No, nah, no, nah, I did that once I moved to California. California got me. That's re- oh, that's new. All right, so, all right, so you're working at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. No dreams of comedy. No just dreams. dreams of soccer. Just dreams of lost, soccer. And lost youth. It lost youth, yes. <laughs> Following your aunt around, filling baskets. <laughs> yeah. What kind of meat do they have down there? Uh, they have the same stuff here. Like, they have, you know, cow meat. Yeah. And uh, Nothing exotic? Chicken. But they, of- they, they have, like, goats. We had goats. Like, before we moved to my aunt. Yeah. We had goats. You you raised goats to kill yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. You raise them to kill them, yeah. I don't mind goat meat. Yeah. It's I didn't mind good. it. It's, we have called it curry goat. Yeah. And it's dope. Like, my aunt at the shop, every Friday night, they used to have a big cook-up uh-huh. where they would kill a goat. Yeah. And they'd have a guy come around, and then they'd make, like, soup out of the head of the goat. 
Goathead Soup. Yeah, it's called Manishwata. Manishwata. And then everybody would just come by to drink and eat the Manishwata. Drink the yeah, drink and the Manishwata. Yeah, you go. Yeah, the hot sauces. The hot sauces. They're, they're important, right? Yeah. The Jamaican hot sauces have like the sweet element. Like there's some mango in there sometimes. Yeah. They, right. I think I don't know if they do that for tourists. <laughs> it's like it's like reggae music like yeah they, they, if they want to cross over some reggae music they'll yeah. put they'll they'll water it down right, right. so that people can digest it and it, like we used to just have the pepper it's called scotch bonnet mm-hmm. and just drop that right in the thing and it's just straight pepper that's, no, hot, that's hot as shit it's hot as shit yeah, yeah. And, we, and that's what you grew up with yeah but now they gotta make it a little more appealing we'll yeah. take the edge off yeah take the edge off <laughs> it. <laughs> same with reggae music <laughs> yeah so, certain kinds of reggae music yeah but like Bob Marley was real but Bob Marley is like that's how I like to do comedy like you can say a hard message in a way where people don't that grew up on it don't think you sell, sold out right and people from the outside are like this shit is hard and but not too angry not and, alienating but not angry and alienating right. like and it's yeah, like yeah. but you have your message in there right. and it's undeniable yeah. and people will play it for thousands of years yeah forever forever those yeah. Marley kids are gonna be eaten for generations <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they should be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah for sure but but there was music on the, uh, that you grew up with where it's like that's just not gonna play it's not. It's like uh, the secret reggae. Yeah. Now in respect. Yeah. Now in retrospect, yeah. it's like, yeah, I can see why that dude didn't make it. Because, <laughs> even in your like, like who Yellow Man? Not, not even Yellow Man. Like, I can't think of any specific names, but just yeah. think of guys who you thought were good musicians who didn't, yeah. get as big as other musicians, and then you could track back to sure, like they were okay. too raw. It's, yeah, too raw. Something. Yeah, yeah you yeah. need some finesse. Is that music you grew up with? Is that the music you like? Yeah. But yeah. It was around the house. When I was in England, it was in the house. Yeah. And definitely when I went to Jamaica, it was in the house. But was uh, but there were other musics, right? Uh, you got all yeah. the other music. Like in England, they was playing everything. Like it's one station playing everything. Yeah. Maybe not enough reggae because right. re- reggae was like fighting to come up. Uh-huh. And, uh, but then in Jamaica, you're hearing a lot of reggae. How old are you? Uh, I never tell people. Okay. Yeah, I'm one of those dudes. That's okay. the only thing I don't tell people. Yeah. That's, okay, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. You're 60. Yeah. <laughs> so I say seven. I say 70, but you know. You've been around a long time. Yeah, that's yeah. all. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Yeah. But do you remember when they're like, I, the reason I'm asking is like, do you have a recollection of when reggae became like the fucking global experience that it oh, was? Oh, here's the thing. It was always big to me. Right. Because that's all, all I you, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, like, I don't remember when it became... And and I guess on, if you're on the outside, yeah, it became big to different people at different times. But to me, I just grew up listening to it. So all right, so you move up here after you uh, finish school, right. and, and you're uh, you got a degree in, in going to marketing. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so and what did you do when you got up here? Would you go to school? Again? Went to, went to high school again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Went straight back to high school. Oh my god! From the beginning? Nah, just like I think it was a year and a half or two years. Yeah, I uh, went to Union High School, and uh, it's funny because I think they put me back a year because they said you're from Jamaica. Yeah, you can't be smart. You can't be smart, but Jamaica's <laughs> run on the British system, right? Which is, I think, is more advanced than the American system. But they just judged you. They just judged me. You're from an island. Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna have to start. Yeah, you're gonna have to start a year. Back. Yeah, yeah. We we don't even we don't want to test you or anything. Right. And yeah. I, I don't think my parents knew to argue that either. 
I just wanted to get you into the school. And what, where, where were you living? In the city? No, I was living on Long Island. How far out? Where? Uh, I'd say 45 minutes. It always took me an hour to get to the what city. What town? Uh, Uniondale. Oh, Uniondale. Yeah. Was there a Jamaican community out there? Yeah. In in New York, there's Jamaicans everywhere. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah. Jamaicans everywhere. Yeah. Were you even thinking about, you know, how you're going to make a living? Or, like, uh, you have a big dream? Yeah, I figured out that I didn't want to be poor. <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> so, in my young brain, the only yeah. way to not be poor was to go to college. It's like, uh, back then, you could think, ah, anybody that went to college kind of has a good job. Yeah. So I just didn't want to, I just wanted to be like at least middle class mm-hmm. and have a good job. But you didn't have an idea. But I didn't have an just idea. Just going to go to college. I was going to go to college. But then by then, uh, this is this is really dumb. This is, this is super dumb. So I used to watch uh, General Hospital. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy. He was like a physical therapist, mm-hmm. and I felt uh, the character, one of the characters. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he got a lot of women being a physical therapist. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be a physical therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the dream. Yeah, that was the dream. <laughs> I was. I'm that simple. You're basing your life on a fictional, on a fictional physical therapist yeah. who yeah. got a lot of pussy on TV. On- <laughs> TV bitches. He got TV bitches. Not even real life bitches. Not like I knew him. And he was pulling them. <laughs> so I didn't even know if yeah. the two correlated. No, but they seemed reasonable to you. Yeah, it seemed reasonable. So yeah. did you look into becoming a physical therapist? Yeah, I went to uh, New York Institute of Technology. You did? You yeah. pursued it? I pursued it, yeah. Okay. And I took major in biology. Yeah. And uh, they had a soccer team. My sister went there to be a year before me. And there's a soccer, Division II soccer team that made it to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll walk on and I'll try to get a scholarship to finance my pussy getting physical therapy career. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did so, you? So the plan, the bad plan is still has some, at least some yeah. type of merit to it. Sure, know? no. It, yeah. I mean, you, it was, a, it was a, a profession that helped people and they had soccer. Right. So, you know, it, it probably seemed to you like like the, this is this is meant to be. Yeah, it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So did you finish a degree in physical therapy? Nah, like when we got to dissecting the fetal pig, Yeah. It, I realized this wasn't going to work out. <laughs> How does this lead to me getting women? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just dissecting a fetal pig? I'm in a, I'm in a lab coat. There's a dead pig on the table. Yeah. And I have a, a map of all its veins, and I can't find none of them. And I'm cutting through, and I've cut past the point where I could ever find this vein. And I'm like, what if this is a, hu- a human yeah. in front of me? Yeah. I was like, you can't do this. But well, you were going to be a surgeon. Physical therapy is just I, like a guided. Uh, I, I, I know, but that's all I needed. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 I didn't take. It didn't need take much for me to get into this situation. So it wasn't going to take much for me to get want to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but you weren't upset by it. I mean, you grew up around people butchering animals. Right, right. So that wasn't the problem. Yeah, well, that well, that was never the problem. Yeah. It was just like, like I always like like. There's an honesty that I got from my father. Yeah. And if you're going to do a job, you got to do it good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I'll be able to do this job good. <laughs> because so, I can't find the veins. In the I can't thing. find the veins. Like the, they said, there's supposed to be a, a red vein there. There's supposed to be an artery there. And I'm, I don't find it. And I think I already cut past the point where it should be. And this could be somebody's <laughs> body. There's a big moment. There's a big moment. And that was it. You walked away. Well, yeah, because, well, you, you know you have to take electives. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I had taken like a TV class. TV? Like, like Yeah, they had like a TV department mm-hmm. and a film department. Mm-hmm. So I'd taken those. And I said, you know what? I'll, and this is before comedy. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm, I'll, they, they had a script writing class that I took. There was a journalist journalism class that I took. And then I took an acting class in there and they had a film where you actually learn how to make film. Really? Yeah, yeah. You did all that shit? Did all that shit. Like cutting on the beds and all like you, you make your own you start, yeah, yeah, start out with the super yeah. eight class and all that stuff and the the flat the straight up flatbed shit so you, you did you did finish you just didn't finish in biology yeah i just switched i said yeah. i'll do that like i didn't kill anybody when i was editing <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, there were no veins there's no veins yeah. the possibility of loss of life yeah yeah oh so that, that seems safer for people uh, right yeah so you got a degree in film and television Com- yeah communication yeah and then uh and then and then what happened and then uh started and it just, I guess maybe that opened me up to, and I was still kind of working at the Burger King. I didn't know you were working at Burger King. Yeah, I was working at the Burger King. Which one? In uh, Long East Island? Meadow. Yeah, Long Island, yeah. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. And you had to- It sounds work- so sad to me when I said, oh, my God, man. <laughs> just working at Burger King, like where at the at the counter or in the back? Uh, Mostly the back, but once in a while I hit the counter. So you're just throwing the patties on the belt? Yeah, throwing the patties on the belt or on the other side of the broiler, picking the patties up and putting them on the bun and then and then going down the, the, the passing passing them to the person who put the pickles on them yeah. <laughs> doing that type of shit didn't you, there must have been a few moments you know, similar to the pig moment where you're like <laughs> i can't do this well for much longer well it wasn't even like that like that's again when you're from jamaica yeah and you're like like your existence is more meager then you don't think this is bad. You, I know this is a stepping stone job. Right. But I don't feel bad about it. Plus, we were having fun. We were joking around. was laughing. Yeah. And there was a homeboy there. His name was Greg Ellis. Yeah. And he was a singer, but he was funny as shit. It is. There's something about restaurant work. There's mm-hmm. a camaraderie to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Y'all know it's not the greatest job in the world, mm-hmm. but you can have fun just You talking. can have fun. And yeah. we were young enough not to take sure. it. Like, we saw this guy. He just came out of prison. Yeah. And he. this was his job. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is as good as it was going to get for him. We knew we weren't in his position. <laughs> like, he came out of jail and... and, and he, he, was got, just, you just, like, he was just trying to be listen, right. Listen, he couldn't fuck this up. If he fucked this up... <laughs> like, we used to wrestle in the freezer. Yeah. He couldn't get caught wrestling in the freezer or his life was over. <laughs> <laughs> everything relied everything was relied on that job yeah, like was, everything like he had to put the pickles perfectly on the bun yeah and the cheese like he couldn't get told more than right. three times in a month right or else what the fuck was he gonna do so it was a condition of his parole yeah yeah he can't fucking do nothing do nothing yeah yeah he's just trying not to get, engage in the behavior that got him in prison <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god yeah. so that's hilarious so i knew i was in a better position than that guy <laughs> <laughs> you could wrestle in the freezer <laughs> yeah i wrestle, wrestle in the freezer like we had full-on wwe <laughs> matches in the walk-in freezer <laughs> that's how you played it <laughs> yeah were you a big wrestling fan yeah i yeah. was a big wrestling fan oh, people love wrestling yeah back then you yeah. know yeah yeah i know some kids loved it <laughs> yeah. you loved it right yeah we loved it loved it yeah i well, thought it was real you did yeah back then yeah but when you found out it wasn't did you stop watching it no nah, i fought it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't even believe people i, I argued with people <laughs> 
I argued with people, right? Like full on <laughs> illogical arguments about the, how it's real. How it's real. Yeah. Uh, uh, fuck that. Uh, yeah. Oh, so was your heart broken when you. Yeah, yeah it was definitely broken. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, man. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> was that the last time you enjoyed wrestling? Uh, I still watched it for a good amount. Because then I was like, this shit is entertaining. Right. And then that wore away. Yeah. 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 And then that wore away. Then you grew up. Yeah. Then yeah. you grew up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you still work at the Burger King. You graduate. You got your film and TV degree. Right. And, you know, what's coming into your head? Well, what are right, the ideas? Right before I finished college, yeah, uh, I was joking around on the drive-thru. Like, so I'm taking orders and I'm clowning. Just yeah. Just making up, doing hacky, comical shit. You yeah. Know? And I, you got and, a mic? <laughs> yeah, basically, I got a mic, so it's like, use <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and I'd learned to tap into my sense of humor from watching Greg. You know, he he the made singer. the singer because he made the day go faster, and people just gravitated to him. Right, and you know, I'm still mentally like out of place in a brand new country. Right, you know, I've only been here a few years. Yeah, so once I started tapping into that, it just was a ease. It was a good sense of humor. Is a good conversation breaker. And Great a common denominator with people. Right, and then so then using that and then just cracking jokes on the drive through. A complete stranger one day after I took his order comes yeah. to the window and he's like, hey, man, uh, was that you that took my order? Yeah. He said, man, you're funny, man. You should do comedy. Yeah. And as quick as I was a physical therapist. From an advice of a stranger. I hadn't even been watching him for a few seasons on TV. Some guy that wasn't smart enough to order real meat from somewhere. <laughs> He says, you should be a comic. And I was like, this is a great idea. It's the best thing I've ever been told in my life. But you knew you liked that dude that was funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. all you needed was a little bit of... Yeah, just a push. Yeah, yeah. yeah just a push. Yeah. Well, I mean, I imagine, too, that... Because I, I kind of remember, you know, seeing you when you first started coming around... Mm -hmm. That you know you were up you know you had to make some decisions about mm -hmm. how you're gonna how are you gonna be funny right you, you know yeah. because you you had, and you and you've sort of held the, your pacing and like you you I mean I think you were different then yeah I was but you know the way you phrase jokes you still sort of you know yeah. you're very yeah. deliberate and it's very yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it, it's very uh, true to yourself I was in there somewhere right yeah yeah right but you, you know because you, you're judging yourself against because you got a naturally different rhythm right. So you you know what I mean. You're gonna mm -hmm. either figure out how to milk that or get rid of it, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, but how did you find? What was sort of the the who were the guys you first saw that made you also realize that you could do it? I mean, how did you get from from uh, that guy telling you you need to be a comic to doing it? Uh, started like listening to comedy albums like uh, Pryor and Cosby, right? I listened to Red Fox, and this is blasphemous, but I I didn't get it. You didn't get it. Nah, and even though Pryor and a lot of people swear by him, I was like, yeah, this ain't me. Well, nah, that was just sort of like filthy jokes. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody was like so like, Red Fox, Red Fox. Like, I like the TV show. Right. But as a stand-up, I'm like, mm, no, they these were, are joke jokes. Yeah, I, they're joke jokes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a joke joke but fan. But you heard who? Pryor talk about him and Cosby? They referred yeah. to him? Especially Pryor, like, you know, it's like... And I guess he opened up doors. So, so no Red Fox. I, the thing I appreciate is no Red Fox, no prior. So I can't dismiss that. Right. But I'm like, I stand up of Red Fox personally, not me. Right. But right. he's a funny guy. 
Funny guy for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I wish I could act as good as he could act. Yeah, yeah, comedically, yeah. Comedically, yeah. Yeah, he was he was something. You know, yeah. I've got those party records. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've listened to him a couple of times, but but his, there was something about his timing, you know, mm-hmm. that character. Right, right, You right. know, when you watch Sanford, like he's a memorable character. Right, for sure. Y- y- Unforgettable. You know, yeah, really, it was really something. But so you were a prior guy. I was a prior guy, yeah. You listened to all of it. Yeah, I listened to all of it. Did and- you become like a historian, like, you know, the prior before... He became prior and you know, know about all that stuff? Yeah, I became a historian and I saw, like, I'd buy, like, old VCR tapes where, you know, they'd have his performances when he is in black and white. Yeah. No, the, when he was like Cosby. Yeah. I read the book. Yeah, yeah. You know, I did everything. Yeah, you know, yeah. You did everything. You follow your gods. Yeah, that's, you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing that transition that he made, you yeah. know, from that and where you just feel, hear him breaking apart and you hear the rawness right, right. Of, of where he's at. So, so what did? How did he inform your comedy? What did you know you could do by, or what did you think you had to do after listening to Pryor? Well, it let me. It's it gave me structure, joke mm. structure. Yeah, you know. So no matter what style I had at the time, I would always have structure, and it it was unintentional, and it just rubbed off on me. Like him and Cosby, they just had joke structure. You know, you set it up, and then you go the other way, right. or you say what the people expect you to say. But you don't say it in a way they expect you to say it. Right. And then, you know, everything is continuous. There's always more there than... Like, I remember having difficulties, like, just having a bunch of one-liners. And that used to bug the shit out of me. You know? <laughs> yeah, because, like, once a one-liner's done, you got to do another yeah, one. Yeah, you got to do another one. It's like, how many, how many of these one-liners do I need? <laughs> I, I got to find new topics. <laughs> and I don't think... I can't make something funny out of these topics. Right. And then... then so then, the stuff that they taught me without even going back and listening yeah makes me realize makes me figure out what's missing and he said all right take these one-liners and build on them and i'd go from a one-liner to a whole story or a bit right because i didn't give up on it like i just said you could go here i'd start looking for directions and so you would write it, it all out Nah, just at first i was doing sometimes i i back then i wasn't writing it out yeah but I, in my head right i'd be like where else can you go? Right, where follow else through. You, yeah, follow like follow the lines. Yeah, and see where they go. Now, once that guy encouraged you at the at the drive thru, <laughs> did you did you start really working the drive thru or? <laughs> <laughs> and then, what if I just stayed on the drive thru and not gone to the comedy club? And they'd be like, I'd be like, what, like just you and the ex-con at that Burger King. Me and the ex-con still. Yeah, yeah. He's still making sure the pickles are right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're killing. And I'm killing. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. So how so how did you find your way to uh, you know to actually get on stage then? Uh, there was a comedy club right down the block. And Which I, one? Governors. Right, Governors. In East Meadow. And, and that's a th- like now that I'm talking to you, if I look back at it, it's like, why did I end up at that Burger King? That Burger King, my brother worked there, and he got me a job there. Yeah. And so I've been there since high school, and I stayed there too long. How many years? Uh, maybe five years. Maybe, wow. Maybe. Could have been six. There's a period when I left and came back. You and Mike Lawrence yeah. have got those stories. His yeah. McDonald's story. McDonald's stories. Yeah. I think I did hear you talking to him about that. And he yeah. said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, he's great. He just, <laughs> he just he surrendered his will. He, just, he figured this is what he was going to do. It's hilarious. 
Six years, that's a long time. Yeah, but it's, it's right by time. Governor's, which is one of the great old clubs. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Used to have a great sound system. I remember that room because oh, yeah? everyone smoked in there. Like there, mm-hmm. Yeah, and back all, then, yeah. And all the memories of clubs, I remember that being the smokiest fucking club, but oh, they had so. real good speakers. That's right. all I remember. I remember playing there a couple of times, but it was there for a long time. Right. So what'd you do? Just wander over there? Uh, I knew it was there because there was a club, like a club club near there. So I just knew it was there. So I went over there and I started checking out open mics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was checking out the open mics. And then at the same time, during the other weeks, I would, like, talk to people. And anything that I said that was funny, I'd write it down in my head. Yeah. Like, that's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke. Then I'd try stuff intentionally. I'd just slip it in. That's a joke. So I had a set. So you were you were thinking like a comic. Yeah, I was thinking like a comic automatically yeah. already. Yeah, right. Yeah. So who were, do you remember the guys you first saw? Because, I mean, you, you ended up in New York scene, so you must have been seeing some of those dudes. Well, that, like, first I saw open micers. Right, but they ended up somewhere, some of them, no? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't make it. Huh? I didn't make, there was one guy, he's yeah. still around, his name is Franz, and then there's Craig Mitchell, I don't know if you know Craig Mitchell, he's mm. from New York, but he, he doesn't do stand-up anymore, he's acting and he has a regular job, but he moved to LA. Yeah. I, I, I follow him on Facebook and- uh-huh. And we talk sometimes, but there was this one guy's name was Franz Cassius, and he. I did, know Franz. You know Franz? Yeah. yeah. He was around working the angles forever. Yeah. Yeah. But Franz was like from Roosevelt, lived a block from where Eddie Murphy lived, and that's the town. And Franz was fucking funny from day one. Yeah. And one of the most amazing things he ever did to me, like as a I'm a, as a comic, I'm a shy person. I could be very introverted. Yeah. And uh, one night. Franz was going up like near last at the open mic. And this is before I started. I'm just watching him. And the audience, there was eight of them, and four of them decided to leave. Yeah. And Franz stops him at the door and said, don't leave. I'm next. I guarantee you I'll make you laugh. And I thought, that is so fucking ballsy. What if he doesn't make him laugh? I would have just let them leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they came back in, and he went on stage, and he killed him. And this is like maybe a year and a half to win for him. Yeah. And I just thought that was fucking amazing. That was the one of the first most amazing thing that I've ever seen in comedy. Was that guy, you're like, but, yeah, we had to hold on to the audience. It was the worst thing about open mic because yeah. you just sit there the whole night, watch people watch, leave. Yeah, but you and you're watching people, your friends, terrible comics, walk them. So when did you start, when did you actually get up there? Uh, what, age-wise? No, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, comedy. Like, like, like a few, after like two or three, watching two or three open mics, I went and did it. Yeah. Yeah. How'd it go? Horn, horrendous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. It was just what? it was the worst ex- Did you lock up? Yeah, I locked up. Like yeah. one thing I didn't notice from watching the shows off stage is how bright the light were when you were on the stage. Yeah. So I'd never experienced like lights being shined in my face like that. Yeah. And when you lose your sense of sight pretty much lose everything else yeah you know like <laughs> yeah, audience right. was i think it was a decent crowd that night i yeah. told some people to come down yeah oh, that's the and, worst and that's the worst and yeah. then i was nervous then i couldn't see i think yeah. i did the whole set like this like <laughs> with, with, my hand hand, with my hand up <laughs> like on like like somebody shining a flashlight in my face yeah, and yeah. i'm talking to somebody with a flashlight in my face so that's, that's number one and then so it locked me up and i and it made me also realize why cops shine the light on you when they pull you over to like to just kill your senses to disorientate you yeah yeah so and then but the thing that made me keep doing it was i i stumbled and stuttered through every joke and fucked up the timing and setup and punchline of every joke except the last one i said perfectly and it worked 
And I was like, all right, all I got to do is stop being nervous and I can be a comic. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. Thank God for that last joke. Thank God for that last joke. I wouldn't even. <laughs> still be a Burger King. Yeah, still be a Burger King. Working that window. Yeah. Well, okay, so you do some open mics and then like I'm trying to remember where I saw you first. Probably over to Boston, right? Yeah, probably to Boston. God damn. Whew, what year was that, man? 89? Maybe 80s or 90s or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a point when I realized I was doing comedy in Long Island open mics, Westchester Yonkers, like hitting like shooting stars and all those clubs. Yeah. And there's one in Westchester. I can't remember the name of it. Did you do it. black clubs? Back then, not yet. Not yet. Oh, you you, end, you end eventually did? Yeah, I did eventually, yeah. Where, in Philly? Nah, like... The Uptown Comedy Club started. Who was it? Who was booking that? Andre and Kevin Brown. Yeah, yeah. And Kevin Brown is dot com, the guy that was on uh, Thirty Rock with yeah, Tracy. Yeah. Right, right. So right. he used to own a comedy club, and Russell Simmons used to come there, and Wesley Snipes, a ton of people just used to come on a Sunday night. And Russell Simmons wanted to turn that into Def Comedy Jam, and the Browns were like, "Nah, we're gonna do this thing on Fox." <laughs> and then Russell went and did Def Comedy Jam. He on wanted HBO. to partner with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's got to be looked at as a mistake. <laughs> that's got to be a little bit of a regret there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. So you started out doing the Boston because anybody, we could all do the Boston. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> you, I remember you coming around with your dreadlocks. I'm like, what's happening now? <laughs> <laughs> See his attitude. <laughs> so what, what what's this guy's angle? Oh, that's hilarious. But, uh, but it was weird, though, because I remember you, <laughs> you're very fit. Right, and you had these dreads, and like you had this presence, but you're very quiet, right? You know, and very cool, and you know, you mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of you didn't you didn't make no waves, right? And you get up there, and and you do, and you were fucking, you know, you had your shit, right? And you were hitting it, uh, and I and I had that shit because I was doing the black clubs, and you're just doing New York period, and there was a, yeah. I think all the comics were afraid, so they wanted to jump on the audience, so that the audience wouldn't jump on them. Yeah, you got you got to nail that first one. Yeah. You got to get and, it. And keep nailing them. Because I've seen shows, I've been in black clubs where you'll do 10 great jokes in a row. They'll be rolling, saying, this guy's the greatest. And then you tell out one bad joke, and they turn on you. You're like, hey, man. Well, we were just good. We were just good 10 <laughs> jokes. You just, boo, get the fuck off. <laughs> Was there, like, when you were doing, I can't imagine there were that many people from, uh, from uh, the islands in general. Right. Well, even though it's a black room and mm-hmm. you're black, did you find that that was a an, an obstacle at all, or were they able to appreciate uh, the that you come from a different place? I mean, how was that? It was only an obstacle out of town where there were no Jamaicans, okay. and I found that out the hard way. Where, like Temple University? Okay, yeah, Philly. Yeah. Philly. I don't think there's a lot. That's how I found out there's not a lot of Jamaicans in Philly. Uh huh. Because my opener was a Jamaican joke that usually killed in New York. Yeah, and uh, nothing. And I was completely affected, and they could see I was affected. It just threw you, and threw me. That was your. That was your. That was your. That was your opener. <laughs> it was my opener that yeah. kills. Yeah, you know, because you needed to kill with an yeah. opener in a get black you crowd. In, get you in. Get you in with them, and then yeah. And then I did the second Jamaican joke, <laughs> <laughs> and then the third Jamaican joke. <laughs> it was over. It was over. It's a like a, a stadium, <laughs> a, a basketball stadium full of people booing you. They booed? Yeah, they booed. Yeah. The fuck, man? Yeah. 
I, I know black audiences are hard in that mm-hmm. way. If you can win it, win them over, it's great. It feels right. great, but I don't feels understand good. that fucking booing shit. Amen. It's like, come on. But it's just part it of it. It makes you stronger. It's a part of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, you know, I, every time I was booed, it was devastating. But ultimately, at the end, like, when you... When you kill a black crowd, you feel like, wow. You yeah. Just, like when you, I've, I've gotten standing O's in front of black people, and it's like, it makes the booze. Like they could, they went from, this audience could have booed me, but they stood for me. So yeah. it's like, like everything in between is like. It don't matter. It's, yeah. 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 Yeah, I know, I know. It, it's just, but but, uh, but I get it. It's 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 fucked up. It hurts, man. <laughs> it's definitely fucked up. Yeah, because you just you, you, there's no more lonely feeling to be in front of a room right. full of hundreds of people. That they're, they're booing yeah. or they just don't like you. It's like, that's the loneliness. I'd rather sit in this garage by myself right. and not talk to anybody for three days than to be alone on a stage with right. a bunch of people watching you, right. not laughing. Not laughing. A thousand people bonded over booing you. <laughs> a thousand strangers bonded. <laughs> like the only thing they ever did together in their life or agreed on. What's that you stick? That's not. That's never good. But it was. It was funny because, like, um, you know, you paid your dues, and we were. You know, I mean, we we kind of came up together. Yeah. And uh, and then I didn't see you for a long time. Right. I don't even know wh- why, but like I didn't like. I, I I guess I went to a lot of different cities. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I saw you, and it's like holy shit! That that's that kid with the dreadlocks with no dreadlocks. <laughs> He seems to have leveled off somehow, <laughs> and now he's like, you know, it was. I was so happy to to because uh-huh. a lot of times you don't see people for years. And you're like, are they even in it? Right, right. Where they, where you could be like France, yeah. you know, like we're yeah. we're having that guy. Right. But you fucking, you know, I I don't know if you ever went through a hard time or you there was a period where where it wasn't working out or what. Nah, I always had fun. I was just kind of off your radar, like uh, yeah, in like two thousand or maybe ninety nine. I got a writing job. Yeah. On a talk show out here keenan abby wayne's yeah. late night talk show so i had like a set that was ripping around town and here in in new york yeah and uh jb smooth's manager now rick dorfman who used yeah. to be a manager at new york entertainment was running that club so he tells me that there's a writing audition at gotham comedy club they're looking for writers for keenan's talk show yeah so Am I interested to come down and do five minutes for the lady? You know, it was Shauna Gar. And I auditioned and I killed. Then she said, "You have any writing samples?" You know, yeah, because it was for a writing job, right? But they were looking at standups because Keenan's sure. a standup. But I, were you one of those guys? Like, I never even thought about that. Like, I never thought about. I never wanted to write for anyone else. Uh, but you'd taken screenwriting, so I took, you, like I, I'd start and started writing movies yeah and just for myself right and some tv shows ideas so yeah. i started writing those yeah and one of the reasons why i started writing those or why i even had writing samples when she asked is because a few years earlier i'm hanging out with this kid named honor Acevedo. i don't know if you know honor Acevedo. he's a comic too i don't know him. from he was from long island yeah so he was like we were just hanging out on the, on the after a show he's like man i got a i got 300 sketches I was like, "What? What? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you have three hundred sketches for?" Yeah. I wrote three hundred sketches just in case I get on Saturday Night Live one day, and I'm a writer. I don't have to come up with a new idea every week. And I was like, "I just got quiet." Everybody's still talking regular. Yeah. I'm like, "Shit, I don't got." <laughs> so what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> I, got, I, don't, I don't have any sketches. I don't have any sketches. <laughs> I was like, "Calm down, Ian. Don't panic. There's a logical way to fix this." 
I said, you come up with ideas all the time, yeah. and you say you're going to write them down, and you never write them down. Next time you come up with an idea, write it down. Yeah. Next time after that, come by, write it down. Yeah. And before you know it, you'll have a few sketches, and you won't be at this 300 sketch deficit. <laughs> <laughs> so then I started doing that. Yeah. And then uh, I like when I calm myself down. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah the, no the, mo- the moments of maturity sometimes yeah, are standing yeah. even for me. Well, you know, you feel like, you know, like, I'm not doing it right. Yeah. Like, I'm, uh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you start writing them down? And I started writing them down. I even wrote a few out. And I and then the ones I didn't write down completely, I just wrote the idea out, the beginning, the middle, the end. And I did that audition. And she, said, and she said, you have any writing sketches? And I just went home and I sent her a six sketch packet that night. Like, it was like nothing. Thank it, God for that guy. Yeah, thank God for that Where, conversation. How, what's guy. he doing? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> he's got a lot of he, sketches ready. He's got a lot of sketches that are <laughs> unproduced. <laughs> so but Arnold was funny too. Arnold was funny too. But so so you, you had the shit and you sent him and sent you got it, the gig. And I got the gig. And it was in, they talked to me in December and then like the first week of January, they flew me out and I started writing on the show. Then it got canceled. And then it got canceled on hiatus. I was in back in New York and then they said the show's canceled. But I just felt like, I could make it trying to get more writing jobs here. You understood what it was like then. Yeah, you, I had you a were feeling. in the room. Mm-hmm. You knew, you know, it, it wasn't a mystery. You know, right. what is a writing job? Do you yeah. sit by yourself? Right. Are there other people involved? Right. So you were like, that's a gig. That's a gig. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an entertainment. I love entertainment. That's right. So I could do that. And plus, I didn't want to fight for those $75, $50 spots yeah. in New York. It was like it very rat racy. I was like, there's got to be more to it than that. Now, I'm not saying I managed my writing career correctly either, right? right. but it, it was better being out in the sun here. And, you know, Hugh Moore? Yeah. I was in the car with him one day because uh, I had to come back anyway to get my stuff if I was going to Where leave. did you see him? Where is he? He shows up in weird places. I think, yeah. <laughs> like I was doing a job in uh, in Phoenix, I think. I think he opens for JB sometimes. Yeah, he opens for JB. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. He, he was just there, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy. He's a good guy, and he's a writer, too. Yeah. And we we both... He had been re- writing on the Chris Spencer oh, talk yeah. show. Remember when I, that was going to be yeah, huge? That was going to be huge. So he was writing on that, and I was writing on Keenan, yeah. and they were rival shows. Right. Then mine got canceled, then eventually his got canceled. And we, so he'd already moved out here. And we're chilling in the car, and we're listening to Mob Deep, and one of the rappers says, scared money don't make money. Uh-huh. And th- you know what that meant to me? I had like a $9,000 payoff yeah. from the Keenan Ivy yeah. Man show. And I could take that money, go back to New York, had a nice apartment in Jersey City, and s- build on top of that money with the shows that I'd already get just from being in the New York area. Yeah. Do colleges, yeah. do the city clubs, which I love doing the city clubs. It's, yeah. it's nothing like just going from spot to spot to spot. It's exciting. And, and you know, I have a, a poor Jamaican financial mentality. It's like, $9,000 was a lot of money to yeah. a kid. You could retire in Jamaica with $9,000. <laughs> I think I had five more thousand than my parents went back to Jamaica to retire with. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. So then I was going to just take that, go back, live in my apartment. Rent was cheap. Yeah. And uh, I was like, nah, stay here. Get an apartment. I didn't even have an apartment yet. Spend the money, get an apartment, and spend the money till you get a job. Right. Scared money don't make money. So right. I just stayed. Scared money meaning like if I just stash it away and don't change my life or take any more risks or or try to get into the big game, right? Then I don't. There's no growth possible. There's no growth, right? 
So you did it. I just stayed. Yeah, yeah. So you've been out here that long. That's why yeah. I didn't see you. Yeah, That's why you didn't see me. Yeah. And then I came out here in 2002, and I see mm-hmm. you around. But I, you know, I ran into you at a gas station. I know exactly the like the on Franklin, right? And I was like, Mark. Yeah. I can't, I don't even know if I remembered your name. I just know I knew you. I just knew you were a comic. And yeah. I knew we had seen each other in a long yeah. time. Yeah. So it was like kind of awkward. I don't know if you remember me, but you did. Yeah. And then. I didn't have dreads anymore. Right. So then that throws people who I was even close with. Right. It was probably so, over by uh, where I lived. Was it that one right off the highway right there at Franklin and like Gower? Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I was living right around the corner. Oh, shit. Like 2002. Yeah. I was just happy to see. It. I was like, oh, shit. I know. I know. It's, it's good to run good. into people from, from New, New York, York that yeah. you know they run it in right. LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. we're going to be all right. Yeah, we're going to be it's all right. right. <laughs> That's <laughs> all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> you're here too. Uh, I kind of remember yeah. that because that's the feeling. It's like, yeah. oh, you're here. Yeah, okay. So we're. Yeah. I'm here too. Okay. <laughs> that's all it takes. That's man. hilarious. We didn't make a mistake because yeah. you're here. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary, man. Those yeah. first couple of years when you're used to jamming those spots and mm-hmm. doing four or five a night and being in that community and you finally right. you finally get in in New York so right. you can actually work. Yeah. And you only make you make a couple, maybe 150, 200 in a night, but whatever. Mm-hmm. You can run around, do the cellar, do stand up or whatever and then you make this weird decision like to fuck that off right for the bigger whatever the bigger life right or the bigger shot in show business mm-hmm. you know, it's scary yeah the first couple of years i mean that's why i lived over there because in my mind it's like i can walk in this neighborhood right like two blocks that yeah. you can walk i go to birds i go to the, yeah. the newsstand and and walk the gelson's and that block was like a slice of the village that's right so it was like i, I actually, was walking distance from there too i said first time I went to birds yeah and that's true I said, this is like the village yeah. i'm gonna come here all the fucking time <laughs> that wears off <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah, i can know, see where that happened yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. like in the village like every block looks like that yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. can walk four or five blocks <laughs> you get a little tired of walking that one block yeah 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 where'd you so where'd you end up living now uh right now i'm in reseda but right? i mean uh, i'm i'm so this is what happened so I'm in Reseda. I'm trying to I put the house up for sale. Yeah. And because uh, I don't want to live there. You I, bought a house. I bought a house. And I have writing jobs. Yeah. And plus, after writing jobs, I got to do sets at night. Yeah. So, this, so I, was at, I was encountering a sleep deficit because after I did the writing job, say we yeah. get off at five or yeah. four or six, I, could, I didn't want to go home to Reseda to come back to do a set at 10. Yeah. So I'd stick around. Yeah. And sometimes end up sleeping in my car in Hollywood to kill time if I couldn't, like, attach myself to a friend to kill time with them. <laughs> That's what comics do. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll run errands with you. Yeah, if I couldn't use somebody, <laughs> then I'd sleep in my car like a homeless person <laughs> and then do my set at 11 or 10, uh, yeah. hang out a little bit, and then get back home at 1 a.m. and then start at 9 a.m. in the morning again. So I was like, I'd need to be in back. I shouldn't back near where I was, where right. I ran into you at the gas station. Yeah. So at least I can come home and get some sleep. I'm losing three hours of sleep a day. Right. Like a you know a right. nap or something. Right. So then I put it up for sale, got a buyer, forty five day escrow. And uh five days before I was supposed to close a deal, the realtor calls me and say, You gotta move out because the new owners want to move in immediately. Like on the day of the closing. Yeah. So I said, All right, cool. Put my stuff in storage, did that and uh the day of the closing, she called me and told me that the buyer's loan fell through. Oh, fuck. I'm like, bitch, I moved. <laughs> Say goodbye to the neighbors. We threw a party 
I can't just move my shit back in and act like <laughs> like the the the, the going away chocolate cake that they bought me. Like I didn't stuff it down my face. That was, that was your biggest fear. They they think you're gonna that you worked him for the cake. I worked him for a cake. <laughs> He's Jamaican. He worked us for a cake. It's simple. <laughs> so you moved back in? Nah, I'm sleep in an empty house on a sleeping bag. Right now? Yeah. On a sleeping bag on the astronaut phone. Yeah. Was just cause trying I'm, to cause, sell it? Yeah, because I'm still trying to sell it. And then I stay at a friend's house, another comic's house, kind of in the Hollywood area. Some Sometimes so I don't have to right. do my sets. So I'm, that's where I'm, that's the that's position still, I'm caught now. And yeah. I'm writing on a show in Burbank. So I'm yeah. like. You so know. you're doing all right? I'm, I'm, it's not bad. Like yeah. I could be better. There's everybody in the room is ten times or fifty times yeah, but richer you're working. than me. But I'm working. You've gone through how many shows? So you did the Keenan Ivory Williams thing. Then what kind of happened after that? Then I got a little stint on SNL. Uh huh. Because Barry was managing Tracy Morgan. Are you still with Barry? No, no, no. Oh. Then I did Lyricist Lounge show, another show on MTV. Yeah. And then in New York. No, nah, that was, it, it seemed like it was a, it's a New York show, but it was shot and written here. Right. Then that ended after two seasons. Then I just jumped from show to show. Like, I need to find some stability. So I ended, I did, Kevin Hart had a sitcom, like, in 2004. I wrote on that. And uh, did uh, the Boondocks before that. And I was uh, on Punked as one of the players on Punk. Did that and wrote on more sports. And and, uh, what else? With Jay? With Jay. Yeah. So you so you've been working as a writer pretty yeah, steady, pretty steady, and then then I kind of fell off out of the stand up. Yeah, and then there was a point I said I'm gonna get back into this and started doing the stand up back. Okay, yeah, because yeah. so, it's it's weird you you, you kind of lose your anchor if you get rid of the stand up. Yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna back off on that. But yeah. then like that's the one thing that you can honestly own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I said, if I want to get bitches like a physical therapist, I better do this stand up. I got to get back on stage. <laughs> yeah. Like, that still look, that still was the goal. Yeah, that's the goal uh, of so a lot yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, everything's all right now. You're just trying to sell your house and figure out where you're going to live. Figure out where I'm living, you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, boost, you know, stand up's good, man. You're solid, buddy. Thanks, man. You too, man. Love watching you, man. It's, uh, it's, it's inspiring. Oh, no, thank you, man. Feelings yeah. mutual. And thanks for coming and talking to me. My pleasure, man. It was great talk. That's Ian Edwards. Yes. The great Ian Edwards. That was, that was a blast. I love that guy. I actually do love that guy. So, all right, go to WTFPod.com. Get that app. Get the uh, free app, then upgrade to the premium. Get some Christmas gifts. There, You know, there, there's get some Earthquaker devices. The Palisades? Jesus Christ. This is crazy, man. It's fucking crazy. Oh, my God. I feel like I was just held prisoner by a note.
Homer lives!